Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. You're in the fall! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la bourrée! Et ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens. Le troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Aaron Arrow, the sick podcast on this Tuesday, October 17. How is everyone doing tonight? The Montreal Canadiens aren't doing too good, and neither are the coaches who coach the special teams because the Montreal Canadiens gave up two shorthanded goals and three goals on the power play. Minnesota scored all five of their goals via special teams. Once again, the Wild scored two shorthanded and three on the power play. All five, Minnesota wins by a score of 5-2 to two in what can be, what may be, Marc-Andre Fleury's last game at the Bell Center, you would think. Unless, of course, these two teams face each other in the playoffs. And the way the Montreal Canadiens are going, one win, one loss, one OT loss. They've given up 12 goals in three games. Their special teams is a disaster. They've lost Kirby Dock for the entire season. And tonight, with less than four minutes to go in period number two, Caden Gooley left the game and never returned. The Sick Podcast is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. They are driven to be different. Also, these guys here, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards, La Bitta TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TV, embrace your true nature. And, of course, brought to you by Playground, who will soon be expanding with two new restaurants, two new lounges, an entertainment area, a brand-new poker room, more machines, all with the same unmatched customer service you have come to expect from Greater Montreal's premier gaming destination located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal playground. And I can tell you from personal experience that if you've never been to playground before, you have to go. And once you go, there's no turning back. The customer service, what they offer you, you show up, you're greeted with a smile. Then you get there and you ask for your card. They ask for your ID. They give you your card. And they even give you some playing money to start. You're playing to start with their money that they email you a voucher, like their Facebook page. The list goes on and on. Let's get to the Montreal Canadiens. 
I think pretty soon we're going to start talking about the 2024 draft, the way it's going. Huh? 12 goals they've given up in the first three games once again. They've lost Doc. Who knows what's going to happen with Gooley? I have Agnello and Sammy at Master Control and the lovely Juliana listening in. If they hear something coming from the Bell Center vis-a-vis Gooley in regards to Gooley, they're going to let me know. Let's go to former NHLer Philippe Boucher, a regular. Octavia Spar. Phil, how are you? Really good. Yourself? Very good. You know, I, I hate to be the guy who's going to start talking about the draft after three games. I mean, Jesus. I didn't want to no. do this, but l- listen, <laughs> and, and we won't. Don't worry about it. But yeah. Thank you. I'm already starting to look at Celebrini and stuff like that and Google them. <laughs> um, what a special team's nightmare. Well, two things we don't want to be talking about, right, is injuries in the 224 draft, right? That's what we're in. in, in injuries is hitting the Montreal Canadiens, and, and the fly is back, eh? Hey, the, the same fly, fly is the fly. Same it's fly back. Is... It's not leaving. Yeah, I've tried I, everything to kill that I, thing. I, I don't it's know not if working. I, you know, I don't know if I should say this because some people are very sensitive nowadays. I take uh, pleasure in killing flies. It. I do too. I can't watch it, watch it. it. This is going to get me fired tomorrow <laughs> because somebody's going to say, hey, he kills flies. <laughs> All right, back to hockey. Yeah. Uh, hey, I got the stats in front of me, right? Uh, 20, 26 hits by Montreal, 20 block shots, only nine hits by Minnesota and seven block shots. But special team was the 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 answer for Minnesota. And and to me, I don't want to be negative on the Montreal Canadiens yet. It's very early in the season. I think there was a lot of positive uh, in training camp. There's but who's going to lead the charge right now for Montreal? It was very unorganized in the first period. You know, the, no tape-to-tape passes, no discipline, some unlucky penalties. But uh, it was it was hard to watch uh, tonight. And Minnesota is a good hockey club. You know, they're they're. At, I'm pretty sure they're going to have a good season. They're going to be a playoff caliber team. Who knows what they're going to do later in the season? Uh, add to the team. But for Montreal. To me, I just wish we're not going to be talking about injuries and, and the 224 draft. That's that's what I wish for you and me because I want to stay positive about this team. Uh, I want to look forward to 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 uh, a bright future for this team. Mm-hmm. But there can't be just the dark injuries that cause all of this, right? It's it's to me, uh, it's a pretty thin lineup. You know, we 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 think they got they got a lot of good young players, but at at the top level. Evans was good tonight. Lonan was good tonight. Pizzetta did what he's supposed to do. But the top-handed guys and the veterans didn't do so much. And that's what worries me a little bit about this team. If we don't want to be again, just be yeah. talking about the draft this year. Thank God there's no Connor Bedard, right? <laughs> that's that's the good thing. There's going to be some good players, but there's no Connor Bedard. So we yeah. can't just wish for the Montreal Canadiens to be losing hockey. So, so Phil, um, yesterday, just before 5 p.m., our colleague Eric Engels, who's a regular yeah. collaborator on the Sick Podcast, every Monday night, um, reported that Kirby Doc had a torn ACL and a torn MCL, yeah, and that would put uh, that would put his season in danger. Uh, yeah. I'm getting and and I came on last night and I said, Eric, I can confirm I've heard the same thing, yeah. and I'll tell you right now, he is out for the season. And uh, Sammy is just telling me that um, it, has been, it has been reported now. It's been confirmed that Kirby Doc okay. is out for the season. 
Well, you guys brought it up yesterday, and there's no doubt that you guys would not go ahead and say things like that without being pretty sure. So you guys had the news, and it's a bad news. It's bad news for Kirby Doc. When I played a long time in the NHL, my dream was to play a thousand hockey games in the NHL, and I came short about three hundred, and and I've missed about three hundred hockey games for injuries and wow. different injuries, and then I missed the full season. And when you see a young player like that, my heart goes out to him. It's tough. Like you prepare. He had a really good camp. The Montreal Canadiens had a plan for him and Slavkovsky the day they got both of them to probably to play together, to be a bigger duo with the Montreal Canadiens, to bring them sooner, sooner or later back to the playoffs. And that plan looked good to me anyway for a few weeks in training camp and early in the season. And uh, it's going to be tough. You know, he's been injured before. He knows what it takes to get back to be healthy. And but. You know, what's next for him? That's what worries me. I've missed an entire season uh, when I was younger or well, right, right around 26, 27. It's hard to come back from those. Yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, once again, it is now official. Yeah. Um, it's official. Kirby Doc. And it, it, look, Marty St. Louis has to do what he has to do, right? He, he cannot... Yeah. He cannot go in there all down, all depressed. Oh, no, we lost Kirby Doc. Our season is yeah. over. He's got to lead the pack, right? But for those who are doubting Kirby Doc's importance to the team and some of his linemates, yeah. like Yuri Slavkovsky looked absolutely lost tonight. I liked his speed. I like he's a big boy. He's skating well, but he was lost. And it's tough. Martin St. Louis, you know, last year I was doing TV and, and a few podcasts with you here and there, but I did not have all the time in the world to watch the, the entire hockey games, right? Because I was with Drummondville. I was left and right, Hockey Canada and everything. Now I do have time to watch hockey and I couldn't wait to watch Martin St. Louis coach a hockey game and to, to look what the only thing I saw tonight was Martin St. Louis I saw the top of his head he was looking at the screen all night long and 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 it was a bad day for him because he knew obviously that yeah. Doc was out if you knew it yesterday Martin knew it right of course and yeah. if, if if it's announced now and then he's looking at his team he's like man he's looking at the screen he's looking at the penalties like the, the undisciplined he's looking at the the no no transition games like holy oops sorry i was going to say bad no word. no it's okay yeah Can we no, say no, that no, on a yeah, podcast okay. yeah with the podcast don't worry about it i, I was uh, going to say holy shit yeah That's yeah yeah, yeah. i don't want for a radio station i'm going to have nobody slap my hands there's not going to be no okay. second second delay here anything goes <laughs> okay still. thanks bud okay uh, I'm going to get used to this then. Uh, no, but honestly, I felt bad for Martin tonight watching him. Like he, he wants, he has a few weapons. The weapons are very young. Like Cofield, it's okay for him. Well, I wouldn't say struggle. He scored the first, you know, first two games, and Suzuki is not, you know, he, he's playing okay, but who's going to help them? Uh, is it going to be the same year? And, and about back to injuries, like Doc, we know, right? We know now that it's very serious. Gooley, let's hope, let's cross our fingers that it's not as serious. So you have your number two center, young center out, and the future number one D needs to be on the ice. Slavkovsky needs minutes. They need reps. They need to be on the ice. And and to me, let's see. Doc is obviously very serious. But last year, we went through, hey, you're injured, stay out of the lineup. You're injured, yeah. get, get surgery now. Back in the days, and I think still now on teams that want to be championship teams, you stay on the ice at all costs, right? And then what about the culture that we did last year? Obviously, yeah. Doc is serious. Cofield was serious last year. Jack Eye, they got surgeries. But you need – if you can stay on the the ice, you, can, you need to stay on the ice. You need to do everything you can to win. 
Suzuki did it against Chicago the other night. I loved it when I saw him block a shot late in the period or late in the third. That's what you need to to start being a winning team, yeah. a contending team. Like we see it in Ottawa. Kachuk is fighting. They're blocking yeah. shots. They're playing hard. And let's hope they stay as healthy as they can. Let's hope the, the, the young players get as many reps as they can. They, they're going to have some tough nights like tonight. They're going to have some better nights. Montembeau wasn't extremely good tonight, but he was left all alone most of the night. But uh, uh, it's it's a little bit worrisome. I want to stay positive, but it's a little yeah. bit worrisome. No, no, I, I hear you. Tonight. Upper body injury for Caden Gooley, who left the game with about less than yeah. four minutes to go in period number two, has been confirmed by the team. So an upper body injury, yeah. we obviously don't know the extent of it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, stay tuned, as they say. All right, and, okay. And sometimes it's bad luck too. Like it, it, the the doc injury looked like nothing if you think about it. It really looked like nothing, and then he's out for the the season. And Gooley, they 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 showed what they thought on TV was the injury, but we don't know. Like we didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't see much on that, so let's hope it's not serious. Yeah, that fly is making me nervous. By the way, I feel like I reaching know, over too. the I green. Just and hit it. <laughs> all right, okay, uh, yeah, like Al Jared Tenorti. Uh, all right, okay. Why don't we? Uh, do we have the uh, the lines and yellow and Sammy and Master Control? If we can bring them up, I'd love to get to that. Okay, okay. Suzuki with Caulfield, and as Rafael RV Pinar told members of the media yesterday, he yeah. would be the right winger on that line. Mm-hmm. Newhook with Slavkowski on his right, and Pierce and Pearson on his left. Yeah, mind you, I got to tell you that even though uh, Harvey Pinard uh, was was supposed to be on the right side, he lined up mm-hmm. on the left side and Caulfield on the right side, and they were interchanging a lot. Caulfield usually likes to line up on the left side on the power yeah. play, but he was doing a lot of on the right side tonight in the game. Anyway, Monahan with Gallagher and Anderson, Evans, Yalone, and Pozzetta. Matheson, yeah. Savard, Guli Kovacevic, Jackai Harris, and Montambo and Gold. Yeah. My question to you is, I think we assumed that Anderson was going to go down to play with Newhook and Slavkowski. Yeah. Instead, he played with Monaghan and Gallagher. What does wh- What's your read into that? Well, Pearson played okay. He's got a good shot. Maybe they want to get some offense out of that line. Uh, not easy for Monaghan because Gallagher is struggling. And Anderson, you know, in the first period when I said there was no transition, no nothing, you know, he, he's coming in. He, he's taking a bad penalty early in the period. Then he comes in and he dumps the puck right into these phrases. There's no – it's really hard. I thought Anderson would be – like when they got Armia, I thought that was a big body that could help the team. No, no, we, we got the answer on that. He's playing Laval Anderson. I think he can bring a lot more. But I felt bad for Monaghan watching the game tonight with Gallagher that's struggling a little bit and Anderson that has a hard time to move the puck. He's on the first power play. I don't know. It's I'm not sure why, why they did that, but – I don't feel like they, they think that Anderson can bring some offense to the team, so they'd rather put him on the third line, but that third line wasn't very effective. And and uh, no, hey, none of the lines are effective at all. I, no, I like no. RV Pinar in the first line. I like, you know, I'm on GC just like you every day, right? And what I said is that until proven wrong, I think there are some really smart people that are running the Montreal Canadian right now. They might be a little thin on talent and options and free agents that want to come to Montreal, but they have a plan. They, 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 they thought about it all, uh, all summer long. And the idea was to keep Arvid Pinard to me, on the fort line, no pressure at all. Keep Anderson happy in training camp. Put him on the first line. So your veteran is happy. Allen is starting the first game. He's very happy. Everybody is, is, is happy in training camp. And then after that, it goes on how you play. 
Harvey Pinardo is very, very, very effective in the first two games. It belongs there, but I think it, it's going to be a revolving door on all yeah, those lines. I agree. Whoever with you, plays I, I, best. Hey, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Alonan on that first line sooner or later. He was good tonight. Uh, is yeah. that the future of the Montreal Canadiens? No, I'm, we're just talking between us here and no, the no, people but are right. listening. But I, it, it's going to be a revolving door. I, I, you I, need I, to find good math. Hey, we think Suzuki and Caulfield are, I think, and I think everybody thinks it's a great duo, and that's something you need to build on. But maybe somewhere down the line, they're, they're not going to start a game together because they're going to have to look at other options. So let's hope he doesn't get there. Let's hope Montreal stays healthy. Hey, let's especially hope that Harvey Pinar can be up to par and, and be on yeah. the fir- uh, first line. I, I know the kid personally, and I watch him play yeah. in, uh, in junior, and we all wish him well. But some night it's going to work, some night it won't. And I think he's a compliment to those players. The problem is I think we had a duo on the first line. We had an upcoming duo with Doc and Slavkowski that needed a compliment. Now – where do we go? I like Newhook. He's he's played good for Montreal so far. Yeah, but is he the answer? Phil, we have the same read. Uh, was my read going into the season that pretty much everyone was going to play with everyone? If two guys were going to stick yeah. together, maybe from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, or longer than anyone else, you would think it was going to be Suzuki and Caulfield because of their friendship yeah. on and off the ice, and obviously more so mm-hmm. because of their chemistry on the ice. Yeah. Having said that, I have two reads as to why Anderson was on that line with Monahan and Gallagher. Read number one, that was actually the second line and not the line of Newhook, Pearson, and Slavkovsky. Yeah. That's my first read. My second read is Monaghan is usually the guy that tries to get guys going, and it didn't work yeah. for Pearson. And I think they brought Anderson on that line to try and jumpstart Gallagher. Unfortunately, it didn't work. Well, is that ever going to work? Uh, I, I like the guy, you know, he, he's had a good career, but it's tough. It's it, it's hard to watch at times. And and, and the, the, he was okay on the power play, uh, he, but how do you get him going? That's the thing. I think the answer, he, only he knows the answer. But offensively, uh, the, the, that's the issue with Montreal. The only motor offensively is Cofield that's going to score goals no matter what. We know that. He's going to score mm-hmm. goals. And Suzuki has all the weight in the world on his shoulder to play against the number one centers of the other teams. Some nights, or at least at home most of the, or on the road most of the time. And then is Monaghan going to help him? Who's going to take the load off of his shoulders offensively? And who's going to lead the way defensively or with, within the decor to make that team produce offensively? It's such a transition game now in the NHL. And I like the decor in Montreal, and we're going to like that decor in four years, three, four years. There's some talent coming up. There's some talent within the team. Let's hope, like Gooley, let's say, let's hope he stays on the ice. But at the moment, who can be the motor offensively for the Montreal Canadiens? It's tough, especially if you give up three, I, four, five, six goals a night. They're yeah. not going to score seven. That's not going to happen. It's going to happen once this year, and that's about it. By the way, I don't know if Michael Matheson's 100%. We know that he was hurt during yeah. camp, but this... You know, the way he finished the season last year, yeah. man, he looked like one of the best defensemen in the National yeah. Hockey League. And maybe he was playing over his head. Maybe he was, but I think he's better than what he's showing right now. Okay, let's get to the, the first yeah. couple of goals for Minnesota. And it, Hartman takes a tripping penalty. And yeah. so the Montreal Canadiens go on the power play. And yeah. in a span of, I, I don't know what it was here. I'm going to try and get to it. But in a span of... 25 seconds, 
Yeah. Duhame and Dewar score for Minnesota. Yeah. And the way the goals happened, I mean, first of all, Duhame, it's on a counter. Yes, the defenseman yeah. gave too much room, but that shot that goes under Montembeau's arm and through yeah. him, do we agree that cannot go in? No, that's because Montembeau made a couple of big saves before that, by the way. I thought he he was sharp early in the I guess there was 10 to 2 of the shots, I think, halfway through before those happens. And then, no, that's not a good goal. That's not You should not give up a two-on-one anyway on the PK. And then after that, I like Jack High. I, honestly, I think if one guy has a chair on this team, it's him. And it's a fifth or sixth D to me. And if Montreal, when I said in three or four years, are going to be really good, he's going to be a fifth or sixth D to me. Unless he... he he, maybe he can be better than I think, but he, he would definitely have a role on a on a, a Stanley Cup contending team as a fifth or sixth D. But can he run a power play? Right? Can he? Can should we put the pressure on him to run the second power play? He didn't really. He didn't really look good on the sequence of that that second goal. You know who was but on the ice? You know who was on the ice, yeah. Phil. Him, Gallagher, and Pearson on that power. And I know Pearson's got a couple of goals, but is man. that NHL level power play between us? Like I, I want to stay positive, but you know, Anderson on the first power play, Pearson on the second, Jack Guy. Jack Guy could be. You know, honestly, I like him. I I like him a lot. I wish we just took. I wish we could took a little bit of pressure off of these guys. But how how are we even in the short term? Or, or midterm, how are we going to take pressure off of them when we know Mayu is going to come back and, and other guys, other young Ds are going to come in? That That's going to be, it's going to be a tough process for Montreal to be a contending team, but I think that the right people are are, are, are there behind the bench, the right people are there at the top. It's going to, just going to take a little bit more patience, I think, from the fans, because I, I you know, they, they seem like they were going to run out of patience early in the yeah. game. Until they got that first goal, but it's gonna take some patience and um, and anyway, I'm, I'm trying to stay positive. No, no, I know even if are. it wasn't very positive tonight, but it's Good very hard. It's very hard to do so when the goaltending was average, the D was no, no, I get okay. you. But no, when... no punch offensively, and the special teams are atrocious. Yeah. Sometimes when the reality of is negative, you have to call it. It doesn't mean we're negative. It's because yeah. the reality yeah. is negative at that point. I want to talk to you about the power play. Uh, yeah. And and obviously that was a comedy of errors. What happened uh, with with Pearson and Jack Guy and and then yeah. Duar? Everyone swatting yeah. at the puck and it goes up and over Montembeau. Mm-hmm. Um, would you give guys like Suzuki and Caulfield more than a minute of the power play? And if so, on a good any- on a good night, they're going to get it. I think on a good night they are. But when you go on the ice and get scored on, you get moved, and then you get the second power play. You don't do that as well that well. So you, they're going to get a minute and a half. Montreal is going to get to be a minute and a half. They don't have enough depth on this roster to to not be. Most teams are, are you know. And when I played the power play, sometimes I wasn't on it. Sometimes I was the last twenty seconds. And when I got to be on the first power play, most of the time I stayed two minutes because <laughs> when you when the, the power play is clicking and you do have the one unit. Uh, it's fun to be on. It's gonna click from. They're very predictable. That's the thing. They're they're very predictable. We know it's gonna go to Suzuki. Uh, I like Madison on top of the power play. He can be a a good guy to move the puck left and right, shoot out of the net. But he's not he's not really a threat. And we know the scoring threat is basically Cofield. So they're they're very predictable right now. All right. Okay. So you know those are the two shorthanded goals. 
for the Minnesota Wild. And then that's yeah. how period number one ends. You get to the second period, and Slavkovsky takes a tripping call, which is a bad penalty. Yeah. 36 seconds later, uh, Gouli takes a slashing call. To the five-on-three, the Minnesota Wild go. Zuccarello to Erickson Eck, who takes two stabs at it. Yeah, It's 3 nothing for Minnesota. Pearson gets one back, blocking a shot. Taking off, good for him, by the way. Good hustle. Yeah. Going for it. Quick wrister, glove side, makes it 3-1. Uh, Pozzetta had a couple of scraps in this game. He had yeah. one versus Duhame in period number two. Uh, he had another one versus Mermis after hitting Merrill in period yeah. number three. Uh, but, you know, 4-1 before the second period is up. Slavkowski takes another yeah. penalty. Interference. Zuccarello to Kaprasov, a one-timer. 4-1 for Minnesota. And then in period number three, Kaprasov with the stick handle with Pearson in the box to Erickson Eck, yeah. whose long reach makes it 5-1. New Hope gets one dynamic. back. That duo is dynamic. You know, I'm watching Kaprasov. Yeah. Now I'm going to depress you. And I'm thinking, what? I had to sneeze. I have an allergic reaction right now. <laughs> I'm watching Kaprasov and what he's bringing on that power play. Yeah. And over the last couple of, you know, yesterday, Eric Engel said to me, you know when the Canadians are going to arrive? And I said, when? He said, when they're going to get another guy who could score yeah. almost as much as Caulfield. Yeah. And That's I'm going to tell you something. I know a lot of people disagree with me, and I might be wrong. And if I am, I'm yeah. going to raise my hand and say I was wrong. But I'm having nightmares over not taking Michkov. I'm telling you, with each and every day that's passing there, I'm having yeah. nightmares that they didn't take this guy. Because I, he's Kaprasov. That's it. That's he, 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 will, he probably will be, honestly. And the off-ice might have been an issue. That's what we heard at the draft. Uh, the... I think a lot of teams, if you, well, if he's that good, if he's as good as Kiprasov, a lot, a few teams are going to have nightmares, right? The, the one that could have picked them. But the thing is, to me, with Montreal, they had the time to be patient. Did they really need another young defenseman? Hey, if it's the best in the draft and it becomes what they thought, it's a good deal because you need big bodies, you need good right-handed defensemen, uh, uh, and you need depth at the position. But if Kiprasov becomes a, a, a very good scoring threat. Imagine if he, if he, Caulfield's going to be good. We know that. He, he needs yeah. time. He's going to score goals. But if Caulfield plays, eventually plays on the second line, Montreal is going to be a better team. And what does uh, it take for him to play on the second line? He needs a very high-end winger. That could have been him. So yeah. uh, time will tell. The thing is, off-ice issues, waiting for the player three, two, three, four years. Now, Philly was willing to wait. Montreal wasn't willing to wait. So time will tell. But uh, if it becomes what, what he was advertised by some people, when we only talk about skills and potential offensively in the NHL, he's going to be a good player. Yeah, Thomas LaFace says, don't start this, Tony. Well, Thomas, the beauty yeah. of doing your own podcast and working for a guy like Agnello and Sammy who give me carte blanche <laughs> to do what I want to do is I can start it whenever I want, you know? So yeah. if I want to say, hey, listen, I felt this way going into the draft, yeah. and I'm not going to stop now. And in, in the end, if I'm wrong, yeah, I'll say I was wrong, and that was it. It's not yeah. the first time, but I don't know what the future holds. I, I don't have... Where, where Montreal might have went wrong is if you don't have many picks, don't take chances. 
but they had picks last year. It wasn't the greatest draft, but they had picks last year. They do have prospect coming in. They have picks in the future years, so maybe that's when, when you can take a chance. Uh, maybe they should have. All right, okay. Um, so the Canadians lose by a score of 5-2. to two. Samuel Montembeau dropped yep. the ball. So uh, Jake yep. Allen got the first start. He dropped the ball. Samuel mm-hmm. Montembeau did good enough and won the game on Saturday night. Tonight, in my opinion, he dropped the ball, giving up the first yep. two goals, should not have gone in, and that's your hockey game right there. And then are you going, are you going to the game, giving up two goals <laughs> My question is: Do you go to do you go to Caden Primo on Saturday night? He can't be in the press box forever, uh, Phil. No, but uh, I think Allen deserves a little bit more respect. I'll just okay. say that I think Allen deserves a little bit more respect, so I would go with him. But Primo will need to be playing. You don't get better by practicing every day. You know, you you need to practice. You need to. You need the coaching of the NHL level, the traveling, but he's getting older now. He's he's traveled. He's been around. He knows the NHL. Obviously, his father played in the NHL forever, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he knows the lifestyle. He knows everything about it. He's going to need a chance. And if they kept him in Montreal, it's because they were afraid to lose him, probably, I would think, yeah. or they were looking to move one of the other two or maybe move him. But I think it's a little bit early. I, I would be patient. I would. Uh, you need to keep... Well, Jake Allen is a good man. He's a good person. I've only heard yeah. he was in Drummondville. Uh, obviously, before I was a GM there, I only heard good things about him. And my son knows him a little bit and all that. So you need to respect him. You need to have him play well because Jake Allen's not going to be with Montreal in 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 the in long term. So you need Allen to play well. You need him maybe with a team that just struggle. Who can who who better than a goaltender to bring? St- the team straight, right? And Allen could be that guy, but Primo will need to play within within the next few weeks. And maybe Montembeau was the answer for him. Montembeau was okay the first yeah. start. He was he was good the first start. He was just okay tonight. So there's your excuse to sit the younger guy and maybe to well, play Primo in the, within there, a few weeks. There's an opportunity the week after that because they host Washington on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. And then on Monday, they're in Buffalo. That'll be their second yeah. game in three nights, travel included. Yeah. The following night, they host New Jersey. That'll yeah. be their third game in four nights. Yeah. And then two nights after that, they host Columbus. That'll be their fourth game in six nights. Yeah. So the game after Washington, the week after, they have four games that week. And I guess that could be a good opportunity to see Primo. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays in Buffalo then on Monday night. I, I didn't study the schedule as much as you did, but honestly, he, he, there has to be a plan. They probably have a, a, a game a date circled already. That's mm-hmm. the thing I don't like about goaltending is is a lot of times with Carey Price, they did that, and with with Marty Turco, they did that years ago in Dallas, and they know a month in advance the games they're going to play and they're not going to play, and then and and then maybe sometimes the backup gets in and he plays a great game, so you give him another one, but they, they circle the calendar quite a bit with goalies with with uh, ahead of time with, with the starts they're going to get. And and obviously, if you keep three, you know, within if, – if you don't know the, the exact date when you have a busy week like that, you know within six, seven, eight games or ten games at the top, max, you're going to play the guy. Just like Justin Barron on D. Now, if you keep Justin Barron in Montreal, now you might play because Gouley is always a young defenseman. Within a certain amount of games, you need to put him back in the lineup or send him back to Laval to have him play and bring someone else up. So 
So those are those are decisions that uh, only the teams knows. But when you decide to keep three goalies, they all need to play. What did you think of Newhook tonight at center? Marty St. Louis said, hey, uh, he's played center before. This is the yeah. luxury we have. It's next man up. It's his turn. And he plays yeah. with Pearson and Slavkowski. 16 minutes and 26 seconds. He gets that goal near the end of the game, of course. Caulfield uh, intercepts a clear. Gives it to David Savard, who made a great pass, by the way, to Newhook yeah. cross ice. Yeah. Really good and uh, and uh, a bang bang play. Uh, yeah. What do you think of his game overall? He's got skills. He, he can play. What uh, what I wish for him is that actually we had the the three centers. Monahan. I like. I like. Sometimes I wish Monahan was on the first line here and there. Mm-hmm. But uh, with, with Suzuki, Doc Monahan, then you move you all around for a year in Montreal, and one Monahan leaves, and Doc gets more experience, which he's not going to get at least on the ice this year for for quite some time. And Suzuki, then you put New York as a third line center next year, and you can be a better team. Now he's a second line center, uh, so maybe he's going to grow a little bit faster than I thought he could. I wish he would have been one of those guys in the revolving door: first line, second line, third line. You play well, you play power play, but with you know without the depth, I think he's going to play a little bit more. And what a shot he he had to beat Flower. And I don't know how much time we got, but we we should yeah, talk no, we... about Flower a little bit. What what yeah. a guy! What a what a career! What a what a person! That you know, I pl- I got to you know, and and I'm sure you have you ever said a bad word about Marc Andre Fleury? I don't think no. anybody can, no. right? And then and, and when I, I was on GC tonight, that's what I was saying. I heard so many good things about him, about the man, the person, the teammate, and I can only confirm all of that when I played with him in 2008, 2009. I was only there from November to the end of the year, but what a person! What a what a what a hockey player! What 17 years in a row in the playoffs. That's that's crazy. Like that's not going to be seen from any players at any position. I believe just playing 17 years nowadays yeah. is going to be special. And, and, uh, you know, hats off to what flowers done. And it was so nice to see him go. I wish he would have did a better job than say third star Marc-Andre Fleury. I think he deserved a little bit better than that. First but the star. First star. First star. Or first star. Sorry. Yeah. First star. But just, to, I think they could have, Obviously, it's a Montreal Canadian announcer, but and then the fans are great, and and, and I'm yeah. sure a, a lot of his buddies were, were standing up in his family. But uh, you know, a little story here: when I played in in Pittsburgh, his father Andre and Max Talbot's father uh, were were there for the final against Detroit, and my son was about 11 years old at the time, and and they took him. Right, they took my son to every single game in Detroit. The last game, Game Seven, the team flew everybody, the families, my mom, wives, and kids to, to wow. the Game Seven. But before that, uh, to the other games, Mister Mister Flurry and and Mister Talbot took my son and took care of him, took him to the hotel, and and they're they're in Max families and and Macaulay's family. That's why he's such a great family person, a great teammate. Wow. You know, he is. He was. He was raised well, and from a good family, he's a good man. And let's hope we can we can see him play a little bit longer. I think he's very refreshing to to his teammates first, but to the fans, to the hockey community. Yeah. Let's hope no, we you, see, listen, him, see him play a little bit longer. You could take some stats, put them all together, and make a case that Mark Andre yeah. Fleury is one of the best goaltenders to ever play in the history of the National Hockey League. And I'm not. That was yeah. Thinking, yeah. I'm not saying he's number one. I'm not saying he's number two. Yeah. And I'm not putting him in the top five. But you can put yeah. together some stats that can make a real good case for him. Yeah. All right, okay. 
Uh, I want to let everyone know that uh, after my discussion here with Phil, I'm going to be taking calls. At uh, as a matter of fact, I think Phil will. You know, well, we could take a couple of calls. Why not? One eight 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 five eight five seven four two five. One eight 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 five eight five seven four two five. Phil, yep. with all due respect to Tanner Pearson, he was the best Montreal Canadiens forward tonight. He was the best Montreal Canadiens forward tonight. Was Tanner Pearson? Is, it, <laughs> is that good? A good sign. He's a good veteran player. I don't mind him. I don't mind him on the third line uh, to help younger guys to be the left winger of New Hook on the third line to to help. I don't know if Jake Evans needs to be the third line center, but to see him, I agree with you. <laughs> he, he was one of the best with, with Evans and alone, and he was one of the best players tonight. Good, good for Montreal because who else would be playing right now in that role if he wasn't in Montreal? We all like Joshua Hua, but he he needs time in the minors. I think so. Uh, yeah, uh, and the younger guys need a little bit of breathing room uh, uh, with ice time and, and and bigger bodies in the lineup. He's a good addition, but whenever you say, and I agree, and most people that watch the game tonight might agree that he was one of the best Montreal Canadiens, uh, the outcome is not going to be all that good. Well, yeah, look, uh, Caulfield had quite a few shots for sure. Yeah. Uh, but there was there was something missing there. Uh, he had a couple of close calls, yeah. but uh, Suzuki, Suzuki didn't have it tonight. Suzuki hasn't no. had it since the start of the season, really. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, three games don't make a season. We're not going to panic, yeah. but count me as one who is surprised that the first three games of the season, a guy who's usually extremely motivated, Nick Suzuki, yeah. has looked the way he's looked. I, I know he's going to bounce yeah. back because he's a great player, but he's struggling right now. He is, and is the highlight of his season is a block shot game two at the end of the game. But offensively, it's a little bit hard. He's been asked, no, he's been asked to run the power play because we don't we don't have a, a QB in Montreal that feeds puck left and right or can shoot it, and so he's being asked to be the on the on the half wall, the quarterback that feeds Cofield. Cofield doesn't want the puck, right? If you're a shooter, give me the puck when I need to shoot it. Give me the puck when I have a scoring chance. And uh, it's a lot of pressure on him. He, I think he handled the pressure well last year uh, um, as, as a first-year captain with a big contract and everything. But for him, there's going to be added pressure. And I think if one guy feels it a little bit and should feel it a little bit, it's him. I think he's a good man, a good young player, and he wants to win. He does not want to have another year like last year. He doesn't want any excuse. He wants to be uh, the future Patrice Bergeron. And it, it's very... I don't say that lightly because I think Patrice Bergeron was one of the best center that's played the game. But that's what's going to be asked of him if Montreal ever wants to get back to be a winning team. And I think he understands that. Maybe he's not dealing as good with the pressure right now. Maybe he has a, a little bit of an injury or whatever. It's not clicking with Colefield as much offensively as, as he wants to. But I'm not too worried about him. I'm more worried about the supporting cast. Who's going to help him out of this? You know, is Gallagher going to help him out of this? Is Monaghan going to help him out of this? What's the answer? Is Monaghan... I, I like Harvey Pinard. Trust me, I want him to score 40 goals on that first line. But right now, when Suzuki's struggling, is who's the answer? Who's going to help him? Who's going to help them? Because when you wear the scene in Montreal, you do have pressure that no one else has on the, on, on the roster. Yeah, and you know when Doc went down, we talked about the fact that Doc is a big centerman, right? He's six yeah. foot four. He yeah. would usually go up against, or he could go up. He gives you that 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 uh, 
he, he gives you that possibility of matching a big guy versus a big yeah. guy. Tonight, Eric Sinek and all six foot three or six foot four of them just yeah. leaned on Nick Suzuki, yeah. and it was difficult. Who, by the way, Eric Sinek, uh, you know what? Uh, I see some Anzi Kopitar in this guy, and I see yeah. a little bit of Sasha Sasha Barkov in this guy. Yeah, uh, well, he's really good. That- he's, Two of the most complete Sanders played the game or Kopitar for a long time and, and and Barkov for the last five or six years. But yeah, if he can be that good, Minnesota's gonna be good. But say for Suzuki, I've said that a couple times last year, and, and I only wish for him that Doc could challenge him as a number one center. And Suzuki would be the happiest guy for that. That would make them a better team. They would have different roles. It's not gonna happen this year, obviously, with the injury, but Somebody needs to take the pressure off of them. And sometimes, who, on a good team, who, unless you have a McDavid, who's really number one center and number two center? Who was the best between Crosby and Malkin when we won the cup? Well, Crosby raised the cup first, Malkin won the Connie Smite. You need, you, need, you need a lot of help to be a, a winning hockey, hockey team, and Suzuki's going to need some help. Phil, great stuff. So you're Marty St. Louis. Yeah. Tomorrow you get to the rink. Yeah. It's the first thing you tackle. It's the first uh, thing you Jesus. Well, who's healthy? And with, with, with my staff is what combinations can we find? Uh, you keep it. I think you need to give the team a break where you don't lay into them. I think it's unacceptable. The, the first period was unacceptable. We need to be better. Go back on the ice. Let's practice. Let's, let's figure it out. Because there's so many things that went wrong, right? The, the 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 transition, the PK was not very good. The power play was atrocious. So there's so many things to tackle. I think you need to get the team in the right frame of mind for the next game. We all know it's unacceptable. We've had a good training camp. We had a decent start. Let's be positive. Let's move on. But within the coaching staff, you're worried. Like who, what, who, what is what is what does a coach Phil? What does a coach do after a loss like this that looked as ugly as this one? And I know every coach is different, but do you forget about it? You go home, you forget about it. Tomorrow's another day, or is Marty going back to his office asking the video guy to show him all the tape? And as, not as a, I, I only coach in junior, but I think as a former player, and he's a former player, sometimes the answers are not within the tape. Uh, just burn that thing tonight. <laughs> what is there to watch there that's going to be constructive? Because so, when you when you you criticize a player, it needs to be constructive. Well, what are you going to say to some of these guys tonight with it? Or say Alex Burrows, hey, get the clips of Flavkowski. No, let's throw it out. Let's understand we need to work a little bit harder. Let's understand that it's unacceptable. There's not there, there's nothing positive, and it's early in the year. You don't want to lay into these guys because especially. If it's going to be another long year, uh, you know, you, you, they, they need to listen to them. They need to feel that like it's going to be a good environment. So I wouldn't be too hard on them. I, yeah. Personally, I would just throw the tape away. I would be practicing. I would be on the ice tomorrow. I would be practicing. I would do a lot of, uh, of puck moving. I would do a lot of feel good, feel good drills. I would do, do a lot of scoring drills for the forwards. Right? How can you make my your forwards that are struggling? How can you make Suzuki feel good? Practice the power play five on zero. Don't practice five on four. Uh, practice five on zero. Make it easy. Make it easy for those guys. Make them feel good with the puck. And then, but defensively, you need to work on the structure. You need to work on 
I, I like the concept. I like they're letting the guys play, but defensively, you need to be better. And 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 that's and it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Defense on the power play defensively, you need to be better. It's not acceptable to give a two on one and to get scored on the power play. It's unacceptable the fumbling of the puck on that second goal within twenty five seconds. On, on so we need we need to be they need to be more responsible defensively. But you can't. There's so many things to tackle right now. I would tackle the team spirit, how the players feel. What do we need to do to be better next game? To be accountable for each other to the fans. That's what I would tackle. You know who's got to tackle it first? <clears throat> Marty himself. He looks down, yeah. man. He looks like a guy who's very, very distraught that Doc is hurt. Like that's well, he probably had that here we go again fucking feeling, right? That's yeah. what I would have. Like this, yeah. okay, now I'm look we we plan all summer. We plan the training camp, the number of games, what we're gonna do, who's gonna play with who. We're taking the pressure of this guy. And then after game two, or within early in game two, here we go again. We lose one of our guy that that we want to build with. So it's tough for a coach because Marty doesn't want to be here for five years with it, without making the playoffs. Like he wants to be here. Year one, it was a struggle. Draft early. Year two, we're starting to build. Year three, challenge. Year four, I don't know if that's his plan, but that's, I would be thinking that way. And yeah. then he had that. Honestly, he looked down at that screen all night long. Honestly, every time they showed the coach from Minnesota, yeah. he's looking on the ice. He, and then he had Marty looking at the screen and looking for answers. And sometimes, as a coach, as a young coach, and I, even though if it was in junior, my first or second year, you don't have the answers. When things go wrong, they go wrong. When injuries start, there's nothing. And and he's probably thinking right now. Especially when he saw Gouley go out again. Like, we don't know, but is it serious? He knows. They don't. Broken finger, elbow, wrist injury, minor injury, bruise. They know. Just take the night off. So, it was, uh, yeah, he's, he, he looked a little bit down, but he knows better. I'm, I'm, probably, I'm pretty sure right now he knows himself how maybe he looked at the team or whatever. And he's a very... Uh, I even though if he has a lot of he has not a lot of experience. I, I don't know. I played against him. I don't know him all that well, but he's a very proud guy. And that's the one thing I think. If there's one guy that's looking forward to go to the rink tomorrow and help the team and turn things, not it, nothing's major. They only lost a hockey game, but turn things around to the positive. It's my thing saying that we tomorrow. Phil, appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon, my man. You're welcome, bud. Take care. All right. There you have it. Talk the Montreal Canadiens, once again, in case you missed it, have confirmed that Kirby Doc tore his ACL and MCL and um, is out for the rest of the season. He will undergo surgery. And Caden Gooley sustained an upper body injury in the second period of tonight's game, and he is still being evaluated. On that note, we're going to take calls right here on the Sick Podcast. Habs fans, I want to hear from you. You called. Presented by Playground. It's you called. It is presented by Playground, and I'm taking your calls at 1-888-585-7425. We are going to make this a forum for Montrealers and for Montreal Canadiens fans. Does that sound familiar? We're going to take your calls. We're going to give you an opportunity to recap the game. We're going to give you an opportunity 
to give us your observations. We're going to give you an opportunity to be happy when you want to be happy, to vent when you feel like you need to vent. We're going to give you an opportunity to talk about the game that just was, and you can do it toll free. You can grab your residential phone. You can grab your cell phone. You can give us a call at 1-888-585-7425. And if I really like you, I might even give you the opportunity to actually turn on your camera and we do a video call instead of an audio call. I've done that before with Stéphane in Quebec Cité. I don't think I've done it with anyone else other than Stéphane. But I think I'm going to do it again. 1-888-585-7425. I'm in the mood to take calls. Habs fans, are you in the mood to call me? We'll find out in about a minute or two. Sammy and Yellow are at Master Control. They're filtering the calls right now. They're taking them. And the lines are open. And once again, You Called is presented by Playground. Let's get to your calls. We'll get to your questions as well. I see a bunch of questions coming up. Uh, Bobby says, give him hell, Tony. I'll try. Others coming in. The only team that showed up was Minnesota, says Morantz. We have Larry in Burlington. Yes. Yes, Larry, just put the uh, volume down because I'm hearing it, of course. I hear the echo. Thanks for okay. calling the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinaro. What's on your mind, Larry? Yeah, I, I wanted to comment on tonight's game. Uh, you know, first of all, what I've seen with that game is they came up with, against a team that's been rebuilding for the last seven years. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're organized, they came on the attack. And on the other side of that, I think psychologically, the Habs losing Doc is a real a negative thing. And... Uh, well, Larry, I agree with you. You saw what size down the middle does. Joel Erickson Eck, they couldn't handle him tonight. Yes, of course not. And everybody else there is as big, strong guys. And and when I hear you say you want to go for five foot seven Mitchkoff, I scratch my head. You can't oh, really? get those little guys in here. We got mm-hmm. enough little guys. We need big guys like Doc. Okay. So you know what you can do? Yeah. Um, no, I don't. You just tell me. Yeah, I'll tell you. So first of all, let's just tackle little five foot seven Mitchkoff, who's five foot ten. Okay, let's let's just do that. Okay, let's tackle okay. five foot seven Mitchkoff, who's actually five foot ten. But for whatever reason, you found it convenient to say that he's five seven, so he's five ten. So he's a lot bigger okay. than Cole Caulfield, who is actually five seven. And Cole Caulfield right. is the best scorer they've had on this team. He's scored about 50 goals in the last 83 games he's played for this team. I agree. You understand? Yeah. So totally. if, if Caulfield is the best scorer they have on this team and he's the shortest one, does it matter that Michkov is 5'10"? Does it matter? He's not a big guy. No, he's not a big guy. Neither is Caulfield the best scorer on the team. And? Well, since you you like statistics... The yeah. last 25 years, Montreal Canadiens are the smallest team on the uh, uh, smallest guys in the league. What do okay. they want, Tony? They want well, 
Well, uh, this is you what you do. Another what? You okay? Five foot ten. I thought I seen five foot seven or five foot eight. No, um, no. He's, I, 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 like, I can guarantee. I can guarantee you that Matt Mavichkov is five foot ten. Just take a look at hockeydb.com, and you'll find it out. By the way, that's number one. Number two. Here's the deal. Five eleven means nothing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now you're. So so now you're right. Then the last twenty five years, the Canadians have been small, and they haven't won anything. Guess what? Okay. There's a bunch of other teams that are big. And only one team wins the Stanley Cup at the end of the year. So there's 30 other teams who aren't winning anything anyway. Well, let's look at the team last year that won. You okay. Small guys at Vegas. Okay. They found you into the ground. Yeah, that's right. So Vegas is a big team and they won. You're right. Okay. Bigger yeah. is better. Ask my wife. Uh, yeah, uh, probably not. All right. I got to. Uh, are we going to continue this conversation or what? So okay, let me ask you this. Going. Let me ask you this. You would have drafted Slavkovsky, correct? Yes. Yes, perfect. Okay, so we'll see at the end of the draft if Slavkovsky is the best player in that draft. And by the way, I hope he is. I really hope he is. But I have a feeling that Logan Cooley, whose height goes to Slavkovsky's kneecap, is a much more skilled player and is going to have a better NHL career. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right. But at one point, we got to revisit this conversation. I think Slavkowski, you, the, first of all, his attitude is, yeah. is, is he's got a killer attitude. He's fantastic. Good. I'm, he's I'm just, I'm happy he's got a great good. attitude. That's, that's, listen, that's he's great. 19, yeah. Okay. I understand that. Yeah. You, you give that guy two, three years. Now, Cooley might be the better player. I don't know. Who's who's the, who's, like the, who's the best forward? Who's the best forward? Who's the best forward? Who's the best forward in the history of the National Hockey League? Whenever you're ready, okay? Did you stop thinking about it to justify your point? Just tell me the guy that holds all the records. He's got 61 individual records. He's got more records than the Rolling Stones. Who is it? Well, okay, Gretzky. You know, there was a lot of guys that were bigger than Wayne Gretzky, eh? A lot of guys. Oh, there, there, there were a lot of guys that were bigger than a 5'11 center Wayne Gretzky. There were guys who were 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". Gros Mario was like 6'5 Eric Lindros was towered over Wayne. There's a lot of guys who were bigger than Wayne Gretzky. And who the Montreal Canadiens coach, the Montreal Canadiens coach, would you not take him on your team when he played? Would you take him on your team? But Would you, you think, don't need five of them on your team, Tony. You already that, got a couple so, of them there. So, so this is what you do. This is what you do. You keep the best ones and you yeah. insulate them. I didn't tell you to have five. I just told you to have the best ones. Well, you got you got a couple of guys now. Let's get bigger. Where, where, what do you think Doc's doing? Where, they miss Doc now. Well, what's he doing? You can't get the puck off, Doc. They win games with Doc. I understand that, they, that that they're bigger, but now you're just telling me you can't get Mitchkoff because he's five seven when he's five ten because they already have small guys. Okay, so well, why don't you do this? Is it okay if you stop at Mitchkoff, Suzuki, and Caulfield and then insulate them with big guys? Is that not? A, can you not have three guys that won five seven, two that are five ten? The Canadians won the Stanley Cup in 1986, correct? That's right. Yeah. Uh, they had Matt Snazland? I don't, I, you know why? I don't know who they well, had. I, well, well, I know. I know. They they had Matt Snazland, yes. If you want, I can name hey, the old team guy. for you. 
If you want, I can name the whole team for you. We got to go. We appreciate it. It was a good call, by the way. I hope you call again. Very, very good call. Very good call. So in so basically, I understand what you're saying, right? Bigger teams usually go further, and you think the Canadians already have too many small guys. Okay. But by your logic, by your logic, you would never take a small player ever. You would have deprived yourself with probably in the you know the, the, one of the best hockey players ever play the game, the best soccer player to ever play the game. You would have deprived yourself of these guys. That's okay. No problem. James is on the West Island. Call again, Larry. That was a great call. Got me going. James, what's going on? Hey, Tony. What's up, man? And I'm doing extremely well. I'm good, too. Uh, yeah. For the game. <laughs> yeah, I woke up yesterday. I saw the Kirby Doc news. And then, like, today I turn on the TV. Instantly, I see the two goals. I'm like, what the hell is going on, man? I'm yeah. cursed. It's just not a good start to the season. I mean, they lost a big man at the center ice position. They lost a guy who's got a lot of promise. They got a lost a guy who's got a very, very high ceiling. When Uri Slavkovsky, you want to know the truth. You want to get the pulse. You ask the players. When Uri Slavkovsky is asked about losing Kirby Doc, and he says, it's freaking terrible. It's awful. And the coach comes out and says, eh, we're not going to feel sorry for ourselves because you know what? The rest of the team doesn't care. Or the rest of the, the rest of the league doesn't care. Pardon me. The players, they feel it. They know this is not the same team without Doc. I know it's only one game, but they're not. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, I'm a big fan of Kirby Doc. And and and, and what happens when another centerman gets hurt? Because you know, I, I don't wish this on any, but a centerman's going to get hurt at one point. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a centerman who's going to get hurt at one point. It's just it's the law of averages. It's going to happen. It's contact sport. Everyone gets hurt nowadays, almost. I was thinking maybe they could they could call up Beck from the OHL, maybe like give him some reps if it really gets desperate, you know. Yeah, well, they're not going to get desperate. Doing over there, I haven't pay, I haven't been paying attention to his season right now. I know it's yeah, early, but yeah. Well, they're 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 not gonna they're not gonna you know be that desperate. Uh, so what's on your mind other than that? What are you telling me here? What's going on? Yeah, I was just kind of disappointed about the doc thing, and I also I think the team's really disappointed about it too. So I'm not blaming them too hard about tonight because I don't know. I guess the mood was kind of bad, you know. ACL plus the uh, the knee tear, right? So, yeah, yeah. If it was like if I was on his team too, I'd I'd feel pretty miserable too, especially knowing his importance to the team. And yeah, exactly. It sucks for Slavkovsky too because a, a new hook. They looked like they were playing great together. I'm Slavkovsky looked word again. Slavkovsky. Yeah, pardon me, Slavkovsky. There was a little bit of a, an echo. That's why I thought you had finished. Slavkovsky looked unbelievable. Game one, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tonight, tonight. He didn't look like an NHL player. Uh, he was okay tonight. I didn't think he was great. He kind of looked like, you know. Really? The whole, I, was kinda, the whole team was bad, though. I, like, I thought he was the I worst. Know, I know I want to see a little bit more from him, but I'm still willing to wait and give him, like, I'm going to give him the whole season to see how it goes, you know. like I, I personally, I, I, thought, I thought the game went very fast for him tonight. That's what I thought, but. Hey, I respect your opinion. Thank you very much for calling. You call again. I want I, you to be a I regular. One more thing? Of course. When I noticed the other day on the Chicago game, you know, because I guess Chicago doesn't have a lot, but Bedard, every time they got a power play, I felt like he was on the ice for like two minutes or something. And he was touching the puck a lot, you know. It, like if the team's depleted, we don't have Doc and stuff like that. Just throw Slavkovsky on the power play and let him touch the puck or something, you know, like let him get comfortable. Even you know what? Uh, what's your face? Your friend uh, Bouchard there. Yeah, yeah. He's talking about and the guys on the power play without without anybody out there, just making it easy for them. I agree yeah. with that. I think that's a good idea. 
You know what? Uh, you know what Chicago's doing with Connor Bedard? They're running their power play the way a basketball team operates their offensive strategy. Mm-hmm. You get the yep. ball into the hands of the best player. They're putting the puck onto the stick of the best player. And you know what I love about Connor Bedard? This guy shoots the puck all the time because the more you shoot, the more you're going to score. And it hasn't gone in for him all that much just yet, but it will. And when they start going in, they're going to go in. Um, you need a player. You know, I brought up Michkov before, and and I'm because the Canadians haven't had a good power play since Sheldon Surrey at the point, and Alex Kovalev, who was the key to the power play. The key to the power play was Kovalev. I love Suzuki. I love Caulfield. Caulfield's going to be a big time goal scorer in the National Hockey League. He already has. We already know that. But a guy like Michkov on the power play. We're talking dangerous with a capital D, big time, and it ends with a capital S. That's how dangerous he is. James, I want you to get into the habit of calling the sick podcast with me, Marinaro, after every Montreal Canadiens game. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tony. Take care, man. The lines, the lines are ablazing at 1 585 7425. 1 585 7425. Montreal Canadiens, surprise anyone and say, well, they played three games in six days. Yeah, some teams play three games in four days. Troy's in Fredericton. Troy, what's going on? Hey, Tony, long time no here. How you been, bud? Yes, very, very good. Well, what, 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 your, your, what are those things again that you're growing in the back there? What do you want to... <laughs> I'm not growing. Nature does. Uh, the fiddleheads. Yeah. yeah, fiddleheads. Fiddleheads, yes. That's I right. went fiddlehead this did, summer. Did, yeah. Did, did you ever get yourself? Did you ever try? Did you ever try I, to, I, to get I, a good taste? I, I never got any fiddleheads, but I got to tell you, the Montreal Canadiens, some of them tonight looked like some bubbleheads. <laughs> they could use some fiddleheads. They, they gave you energy, Tony. Yeah, tell me. What's on your mind, my man? Listen, well, a big shout out to George LaRock. He, he He's turned uh, Pizzetta into an animal. I love it. I love it. I thought he had the best energy out there tonight. Um, you know, I was thinking halfway through that third period or even the beginning of the third, I would have moved him up in the lineup, as with Jake Evans. I thought I really liked those two guys tonight. And, I I mean, the, the last exhibition game, Pizzetta scored a one-timer from the slot. And I... Uh, I had flashbacks with Steve Shot Tony. It was it too much. All that? Yeah. You had flashbacks and with Steve Shot? You know that Pardon? No, but no, no, Bazetta. That that last exhibition game against uh, the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, yeah, that shot was unbelievable versus the Ottawa Senators. Yes, that shot in the slot. I didn't think he had that shot in him. And you're right to bring up Big George Larac, who gave fighting tips, lessons, tricks, advice, all of that on the ice with Bazetta and Jack Guy. Uh, oh. Of course, Jack Guy had his fight versus Ryan Rees. Pizzetta had two fights tonight. And in three fights for those two players, 3-0, and three wins for George oh. Lorac. You, you you can see what George has taught them, right? I'm not, I'm not even going to say it. I don't even want to let the cat out of the bag. But, you know, the off-balance stuff and just the little things that these guys are doing this year. Um, yeah. By the way, I watched the first two periods with George Lorac tonight. Did you? I, nice. Yeah, I did. I watched the first two periods with George Larac and Stefan yeah. Gonzalez. Stefan is co-owner of a uh, resto bar on Wellington Street in Verdun called Social, and they who have a you know they have a radio show at BPM Sports, uh, yeah. which goes Monday to Friday between noon and three p.m. They invited their listeners to show up to the cafe bar to the resto bar to watch the game with them. And I made an appearance as well. 
I was there for the first couple of periods, and I saw George's face light up when Pizzetta had his first fight. Unfortunately, I was home to watch period number three, so I didn't see his face light up after the second fight, but I'm sure it did. Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah, it had to. All right. Great job, George. If you're listening, great job, buddy. Uh, I still think about that. I have a, a photo saved to my computer of uh, Lucic. They're, they're lined up at the face-off, and Milan is looking away. He's looking up up to the rafters. He wants nothing to do with Big George. So, Yeah, well, some will say that Big George still should have gone after him anyway. We appreciate I taking the time. I do, yeah, too. Take care of those fiddleheads. Have fun with them. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. At 1-888-585-7425. I'm Marinaro. It is the Sick Podcast. Let's go. Let's get to your calls. Where are we going exactly? Jerry in Long Bay. Jerry. Tony. Hey, comment ça va? Ça va bien. Yeah, mais oui, ça va bien. Hey, ça va bien, c'est sûr. Montembeau and Nets. Raphael Harvey yeah. Pinar on the first line. The premier yesterday who calls the coach Michel Saint Louis. Mais ça va bien. <laughs> c'est sûr que ça va bien. Mais oui. <laughs> yeah, well, listen. I mean. Uh... It was a rough game, that's for sure. It was a rough. It was. It was a. It was a rough. It was a rough game. When Allen lets in two bad goals, he stinks. When Montembeau lets in a bad two, two bad goals, it was a rough game. Okay, it was a rough game. Yeah, I got a stat for you, that. Yeah, give me a stat, Jerry. Let me guess: the amount of Quebecers that played on the Canadians when they won the cup in 1993. There's your stat, huh? Oh, that's Louis from uh, Mercier. Ah, uh, Louis from Mercier. Yeah, he's the one who's going to give you that one. No, I mean, you look at the uh, yeah. look last year at the stats for the Canadians, and somebody made a comparison uh, about how many guys, like on, uh, I believe it was Boston that last year that had 35 points or more, and how many guys in the Canadians had 35 points or more during the season. Yeah. And it was like nine it's to good. three. It's called depth, it's, my friend. That's what it is. But, you know, it's called depth. Yeah, I know, but I'm. And then I, you know, I have no life. I'm retired. So I did my little research and I looked at other teams, like Tampa and the Rangers, and I did the whole, pretty much every team that made the playoffs, and they all had seven, eight, or nine, or even ten guys who had 35 points or more. We had three. We had Caulfield, Doc, and Suzuki. That's it. Now I know there was like injuries, but there are injuries on every team. Yeah. What that means to me is that we just don't have enough offense. Our third and fourth line. You know, I love guys who work hard. But you're not going to get a lot of points out of. But it. Jerry, Jerry, you don't even have to do that exercise. They finished last a couple of years ago and fifth last last year. They're not a very good hockey team. If they would have players who would pick up points, they'd be better. They're not very good. They're very they're they're they don't have a lot of depth. And, but defensively, I think they'll be fine. You know, once the, they get everybody in there, like uh, Lane Hudson and the others, and maybe Logan Mayu and whatever. But offensively, Tony, I don't see anybody coming up that has maybe Joshua Webb, but that's about it. You know, and, uh, I mean, even uh, Owen Beck, he's, uh, he was a point-game player in junior, so he'll be a third-liner. You know, that's, I don't why, see- that's why I keep harping about Michkov. It's not to take people off. It's because... In three years from now, when they're going to be, when they will have turned the corner and will be somewhat of a, they'll be a competitive team three years from now. This guy will slide in, best case scenario, hopefully. He'll slide in and then boom, you'll do on the power play what Kaprasov did tonight. Kaprasov tonight was a magician. When he had the puck, he couldn't touch it. 
That's it, Tony. And I, I, I'm always like this. What do they tell us this draft? That we're a lot of high-octane offensive players, right? Yes. And I know that we drafted sixth. Okay. So, or a fifth. fifth. And, and we didn't go for a, an offensive player. I got nothing about David right back. I'm sure he'll be fine, this kid. He'll be good. He looks like a tall kid with talent. But we don't have any offensive skills. Remember Benjamin when he used to say, uh, number one, centermen's don't grow in trees, right? Well, they certainly you don't find them a lot in the at the bottom first round or second round. So I think we missed our opportunity there, and we're going to have to be really creative if we want to bring in some maybe I don't know. Free now, well, hold on a second. Uh, you missed an opportunity at a number one centerman where? No, but maybe not a number one centerman, but I mean at least an offensive player. I mean I'm not necessarily always about centerman, but even an offensive player. You know, now we drafted a, a defenseman. Look, I would have gone with the offensive player, but only time will tell. But, you know, that doesn't change the fact that, you know, they lost tonight, and <laughs> that's got nothing to do with them losing tonight, right? But because Michkov, if they would have drafted him. Is he, Tony, is he still playing soccer in uh... Yes, he is in Portugal. He's doing very, very yeah. well. Thank you for asking me. I appreciate it, but we're going to have to talk about the Canadians because if we talk about my son, people are going to disconnect and they're going to get off, and I don't want them to do that. I, I, I hear you. I, anyway, I appreciate it. Uh, one thing about Matthias Seydoui, uh, we have to remember he's a rookie coach. And, you know, he, he brings a lot of energy and a new, uh, you know, breath of fresh air that I like. But uh, he also is, I think, learning and adapting. And we have to give time to him as well. Because, you know, some people are sort of dumping on him. But, I mean. You know, you know what, Jerry? Um, they have a young team. And they're going to school every night. Marty St. Louis is a young coach, and he went to school tonight. Yep. Yeah. And we because have to- I, at one point, the shots were 12 to 2, and the Minnesota Wild looked like the Harlem Globetrotters, and the Canadians looked like the Washington Generals. We'll talk to you soon. Merci beaucoup, mon Jerry. All right. There you have it. One, eight, eight, eight. All right, Tansia Twala, 1 888 585 7425. 1 888 585 7425. I'm going overtime. I usually stick around till around 11 o'clock. It is 11.09, and I don't care. I'm in one of those moods. I'm about to catch fire pretty soon. Let's take one last call. Richard in New York. We're going to New York. Hey, Rich. Hey, Tony. How are you? Very, very good. Where exactly in New York are you? I'm in the Hudson Valley. Oh, that's nice. Uh, okay. Close to uh, Newburgh, New York. Okay. Right very, very good. River. Yeah. All right. Start Absolutely. spreading the news. I'm leaving I'm today. Today. I want to exactly. be a part of it. New York. New York. These ragabond shoes. Are longing to stray <laughs> right through the very heart of it. New York, New York. I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep and find <laughs> I'm king of the hill, top of the heap. What's going on, my man? Hey, I'm a big fan, a big happy yeah. fan. Yeah. And thank God for you because you're a lot more entertaining than the Habs nowadays. Uh, thank you very much. Yes. Once upon a time, I used to love to sing when I was on the air. And then I was told to stop. You're pretty and good. I, and I sang anyway. You know go I ahead. I, didn't, you go, didn't you go on Ellen and you were dancing in, on Ellen once? No, no, no. I was dancing on uh, Live with Kelly and Ryan. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that was yeah, good. With Anderson anyway, Cooper, who was filling in uh, for uh, Ryan Seacrest that night. Yes. I won the dance-off, yeah. by the way. You know the story. You know the story. <laughs> I got there. Yeah. My wife is Kelly Ripa's biggest fan. I got there. My wife says to the security guard, I'd love to take a picture with Kelly Ripa. Can I? And he says she usually doesn't take pictures. The only person she ends up taking a picture with is the person who ends up winning the dance-off competition. So he says, you should enter. My oh, wife right. goes, well, I'm way too shy for that. He says, well, maybe you should ask your husband. So when they come around and they start asking everyone in the audience if they want to be a part of the dance-off, you know what they say, right? Happy wife, happy life. I take part in the dance-off exactly. for four people. From four, we go to two. From two, boom, we go to the crowd. They ask for, um, you know, their vote. And, uh, you know, I wasn't born to lose. What can I tell you? What's on your mind, my man? Well, speaking of uh, husbands and wives, I mean, you're a good-looking man, but I think Mark Consuelos is a little bit better-looking than you, maybe. No, he he, de- he, looks- he, he is much better-looking than me. I can definitely guarantee you that. What's going on, my man? <laughs> well, when do you think they'll give uh, Primo a shot here? I mean, they got nothing to lose. and uh... Uh, I thought, you know what, you can go to him on Saturday. I think Phil Boucher raised an interesting point and said you still got to give Jake Allen another opportunity to see if um, he's ready for it. So in the end, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say probably, I'm going to say Monday in Buffalo. Yeah. I'm going to say Monday in Buffalo. That's when Primo's going to get his first start of the season. If I was a betting man, that's what I would bet. Monday in Buffalo. Okay. And uh, I mean, I agree with you on the Mitch Cove thing. And but I mean, pe- pe- you know, know is, is Primo the, the answer? Uh, go ahead. Is Primo the answer? I don't, I think not at this point, but, but why not give him a shot, you know? Yeah. Well, listen, this is what I know. After three games, Allen's not the answer and Montembeau's not the answer. Neither of them. And and you know what? To tell you the truth, it would probably be asking too much for them to be the answer because the team just suffered once again, a very, very big loss. Some people are underestimating losing Kirby Doc. It's a huge loss for this team. It's a huge loss for this team. As Larry was saying in Burlington, and he was right, they don't have enough. They don't have enough players who had Doc's profile at that position. For sure. For sure. He's the biggest one at that position. You know what? Missing, uh, taking Slav over Logan Cooley might, might. Yeah, but let's not, you know, I I already, I I already talked about that. You know, Slavkovsky looked great with Doc in the first game. Tonight, he looked like a guy who was just as demoralized as Marty St. Louis and the entire fan base. And a fan base. Do you know anything about Gooley yet? Gooley, we don't know yet. No, he's being evaluated. But, uh, you know, we had it. uh, Eric Engels had it, our collaborator on Monday nights. Uh, He had it yesterday afternoon at 5 o'clock that it was a torn ACL and an MCL for um for um kirby doc and i came on last night and i told you that i checked with my sources and i was able to confirm that uh and uh, somebody just wrote to me and said uh well yeah well you, can, well, you know what well, others could have confirmed it too yeah but they chose not to because yeah. you know breaking breaking stories it's it's hard for some people because they're afraid they're going to be wrong and some people just don't have the contacts but eric has them and he wasn't afraid to break it because obviously when he broke it he knew that it was legit uh, it was 100% and good for him and very, very bad 
for Kirby Doc, who was at the Canadians morning skate today. He was hanging out. He was talking with Marty St. Louis on the bench. And Marty was saying it's a very difficult thing that Kirby Doc is going to go through here. So we have to try and keep him around and involved as much as possible. Uh, somebody wrote back before saying that some soccer players don't recover from ACL injuries. Soccer is not hockey. I understand both of them are sports. But, you know, soccer, you need <laughs> your legs to run. In hockey, you need your legs to skate and glide your feet, but it's a little bit different. And in soccer, you need to kick that ball, and you don't have to kick a puck in hockey to score a goal. It's not a good injury. It's not. I mean, I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but you can come back from stuff like this. You can. A lot of players in the National Hockey League have had torn ACLs and torn MCLs. You can come back. Not that The science is better than ever. He's a young kid. Young kids, young athletes heal fast. He's a strong kid. They got a great team behind them. You know, uh, he'll, I'm sure he'll get operated by, you know, among the best of the best. He'll recover. You know, if you want to start comparing hockey and soccer, Roberto Badro tore his ACL like seven times. He went on to win the, uh, the, the, golden, uh, the golden ball. Yeah. The Ballon d'Or. True. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, Eric Engels is great, and you're great, Tony. You, you were right about Petrie. You were right about Caulfield. You've been right about so many things in the past. And Thank you. I whatever appreciate reason, it. Uh, you know, hopefully soon they'll be back in the playoffs, and we'll have some more uh, positive things to talk about. You know? Very nice of you to say. I think so, and I hope so. I really hope so. Why don't we end it on this? Andy Pant said, I had ACL reconstructive surgery in late May. I'm already jogging. Kirby Doc will be a okay. Let's hey, no. finish it on that. Amen. Thank you very much. And there you have Andy's you. text. There you go. All right. Um, the IGA event once again. Before we break away, I want to remind you. I had a great time tonight. I met a lot of people who listen to the podcast and watch the podcast. And I'm going to have a great time this Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. at IGA 5680, IGA Extra, that is, at 5680 Boulevard de Laurentide in Laval. I'm going to be there at 2 p.m. I'm going to stick around till around 4 p.m. A chance to meet you. We'll have some Bitta TB. There'll be some, some tasting of the Bitta TB. You're going to love it. I know you're going to end up leaving with some. Uh, we uh, we have some swag too. We had some T-shirts a couple of weeks ago when we were at the IG Extra and DDO. We had some caps that we gave well uh, gave away as well. Uh, embarrassing to me, but some people came and said, "Can you sign this?" And uh, and I signed a few things. Took pictures with people who were at the event. We talked about the podcast. We talked about your favorite team, the Montreal Canadiens. We had a great time. You are the reason that I'm able to do what I do. I've said that before. I said that when I was working in radio for almost 20 years, and I've been podcasting for about three years full-time for about a year and a half, and I'm going to continue to say it until I hang up my microphone. If I didn't have you, I wasn't going to be employed because if there's nobody listening, I'm not going to be employed. Nobody listening, nobody makes money, I'm not going to be employed. I'm employed because people listen. I'm employed because people watch. I'm employed here because people are engaged. 
they comment, they show up. It's a sick army. It's a sick community. You're the most loyal fan base I've had. You know what? Going back 20 years, I am privileged. And I don't take it ever for granted. I'm privileged to have the most loyal fan base ever. Not everyone likes me, which is too bad. I wish they did, but I understand. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, which I wish I was, and it's too bad, but I understand. But even at that, even though I may not be, you watch, you listen, you tell your friends about it, they watch, they listen. I love you all. I'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place, The Sick Podcast, weeknights at 10 p.m. For Agnello and Sammy, I want to thank Playground, Energy Transportation Group, and Labita TB for being partners. They're Cavallaro, Agnello and Sammy are, and Juliana, and Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.